This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. Welcome to the Center for Sports Studies podcast. My name is Brandon Podgorski, Professor of Sport Management at Trine University, and I want to welcome you to this week's podcast. Today is a special episode of the podcast as I sit down with my principals of sport and recreation class to get a Generation Z view of the sports landscape. We cover their favorite streaming services that they use to watch sports, how many devices they have on at a time when watching sports, their favorite sports media personalities, and Barstool Sports and Pat McAfee were especially popular, and who they think will win the Super Bowl. I hope you enjoy the show. So I'm here with our SM313 Principles of Sport and Recreation class. And as I was just telling them, we've got 15 students in this class today on a, on a very, very snow and cold, cold Friday. So good for them for coming out. Um, but they are going to be representative of basically all Gen Z. Are you guys all Gen Z? Yes. Is that yes. what you're considered? Yes. Okay, so we're Gen Z, so, you know, past, past millennials, which, you know, there's some similarities between millennial sport fans and Gen Zs, but there's also some differences as well. So, um, I, I'm sorry, but for the 15 of you, you guys are going to be representative of all of, of Gen Z today. So, the first question I want to ask, we've talked about it in class, uh, cord cutting. You know, the way that I watch sport, I'm interested how you guys do this. You know, on Sundays, you know, I'm considered Gen X. I've got cable. I, I subscribe to, to Comcast. So Sundays, 1 o'clock, 425, I'm at home watching the game live. For you guys on Sundays on the NFL, we don't have cable on campus, correct, in the dorms? Okay, so you have to stream everything? So how do you guys watch live sports? Sunday at 1, how are you watching the NFL? YouTube Live. YouTube Live? Yeah. So do you have to subscribe to that? Yeah, it's, like a, it's a certain subscription that you have to have. And like once you get it, it's called, like, I think it's actually called YouTube TV. OK. And then um, they have all, all the NFL games that are going on for this Sunday. And you just click on one and watch it just like a normal, like normal cable, basically. How much is YouTube TV? Maybe about twelve dollars. Yeah, okay. Twelve dollars, something like that. Oh, I'm not too sure off the top of my head, but um, okay. it's a nice little feature. I mean, you get to stream any sort of sport event that you want if it's available. So it's a pretty nice thing. Okay. So YouTube TV's one. Anybody else? Yeah. Usually use dish dish anywhere on my laptop. Okay. I'll just log in with my parents' information on ah. dish. Then I'll stream from my um, computer, and then I'll hook up like a USB to my TV. Watch on my TV, though. Okay, so still kind of using your parents' account. Yeah. Right. Um, we will not name names on this, right? Um, but does anybody kind of share YouTube accounts, Hulu Live accounts, use their friends, parents, things like that? Yeah. I'm getting some heads nodding, yes. So is that one of the ways you're able to consume sport? Is that what? Yeah. Um, I know. Uh, Amazon recently added, um, like, you, you can watch live sports. I don't remember if it was for Thursday night football or Monday night football. Yeah, Thursday night. Yep. It's Thursday night? Yeah. And I know I've, I've used that a few times. And then my, uh, my we share um, Spectrum Live 
with my grandfather so we can watch sports and stuff. Okay. Very good. Anybody else? Another question with that. When you guys are watching these games, are you watching them on your phones, laptops, tablets? How are you watching them? TV. Okay. So how do you do it through the TV? My roommate has it. Is it a smart TV? Yeah. Okay. So we just put it up. Okay. Okay. I have Same a thing. Roku in my room. Roku? All right. And you said laptop? I'll hook up a USB to the TV. To so the TV. I can watch from there. Bigger screen. Okay. So it sounds a lot like a lot of you, you're streaming it somehow, but you want to run it through your TV so you get a little bit better screen. Um, so how important is it, again, to, you, to your generation where you're able to watch the game, um, and we're sticking with football right now because we're in season, and at the same time, still having access to your phone so you can look at fantasy, Twitter, whatever else? Pretty important. Pretty important? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, what about going, how many, do you, how, many do you, how many of you attend games? Like go to, to pro or college games, not cl including trying, like pay to actually go to games? All right. So maybe a little bit less than half. Okay. Um, how many, what's the experience like? Um, or as a fan, as a Gen Z fan, what is really important for you guys when you go to a game? Like if they didn't have this particular thing, I'm not gonna go, or doesn't matter because, you know, I'm gonna go because they're my favorite team. I just go because it's my favorite team. I don't okay. go, like maybe once a year, there's an opportunity for me to um, go to either like a Colts game for like football or like baseball with the White Sox. Mm -hmm. So like to see my favorite team live is like really cool. Okay. Because I don't do it often. All right. So being able to go see our favorite team, anybody else? Yeah, I'd say going because it's like the favorite team because it's like a little expensive, so you don't go as often. Okay. I just kind of enjoy just to go when I can. There's not really anything that like takes me away from going. All right. So being our team is, is the big draw, I'm assuming. Okay, very good. Um, so we'll switch gears here. World Cup starting, I think it starts what, this weekend, if I'm, if I'm not wrong. Um, I've asked this in class before, but how many soccer fans do we have? One, two, two and a half, maybe three. All right, we'll, we'll say 2.75 soccer fans in a, in, in a class of 15 Gen Zs. Um, who, so that's soccer fan. How many of you plan to watch the World Cup? One, two, three, four, five, six. So maybe about a third of you, all right? So for the rest of you, um, you know, it's the World Cup is the biggest sporting event in the world. It's the most watched sporting event in the world, right? Um, why not? Why wouldn't you watch it? Again, this is an, a, an American kind of point of view here. You know, maybe if we were having this conversation with a bunch of uh, European students, it's different. But why is American Gen Zs are, what was it, seven out of 15, eight, nine out of 15 not gonna watch? Just can't get into it. Can't get into it, why not? I've just never been a soccer fan, I just can't. Well, I understand that, but I mean, is there a reason why you can't get into soccer? No, I've just never been a real big fan. Okay. I feel like a part of it is that MLS isn't such a huge deal here as like the Premier League would be or like La Liga. So people 
don't necessarily understand the game as much. Okay. So if you're watching it and you don't understand what's going on, there's no, like, oh, wow, that was really cool. I still have no idea what happened, you know? Like, you don't understand what's going on. Why? How would you enjoy that? Yeah, I mean, you know, you're thinking about American culture, our three big sports, baseball, basketball, football. And then you've got other sports that are uniquely American or, or at least had their roots in the United States, uh, lacrosse and volleyball, and you have players playing that. Um, how many of you played soccer, though, as kids? So I think only four out of 15 of you did not raise your hand. So that's interesting. 11 out of 15 of you played soccer at some point, um, but maybe only about six of you are going to watch. And it, it's funny, as you look at the numbers with soccer, it's one of, for little kids, for itty-bitty kids, maybe like six to maybe about eight to ten, it's one of the most played sports in the country. But the popularity, even though it's growing and MLS is growing, um, I don't know if it's necessarily caught on like they thought it would caught on, catch on, like it was going to overcome, you know, basketball and then overcome um, football. So for you guys here in this room, um, what are your favorite sports? So I'm going to start from my left and I'm going to go just around in a circle. All right, so we'll start there. Um, baseball and UFC. Baseball and UFC? Okay, so UFC. Gymnastics. Gymnastics? Football. Football? Football, baseball. Football, baseball. Basketball. 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 Hockey and lacrosse. Hockey and lacrosse. Soccer and racing. Soccer and racing. Any uh, particular type of racing? Um, usually, I don't know. I like watching NASCAR every time. NASCAR? Yeah. Okay. So again, kind of uniquely American there. Good. Figure skating and hockey. Figure skating and hockey. So some winter sports. Uh, figure skating and gymnastics. Figure figure skating and gymnastics. So two gymnastics. Cool. Hockey. Hockey. Cool. Uh, volleyball. Volleyball. Uh, football and wrestling. Football, wrestling. College basketball. College basketball. Baseball. Baseball. All right. Um, so kind of a hodgepodge here of the different sports that you guys like. Um, some of them were, more, were and, and again, I think it depends on the region. So we're a little further up north. Um, I think we've got 27 different hockey teams here on campus. Um, you know, we got figure skating here on campus, so it makes sense that we would have some um, some people interested in, in winter sports here. Um, what about, so we've talked about how you watch sport, kind of the sports that you're interested in. Are we going to kind of watch the World Cup? Is there any other way that Gen Z consumes sports, whether it be through social media, podcasts, YouTube videos? You know, I know we all like to watch it live, but are there other ways that it's like, hey, this is how I really watch sports? Esports? Yeah. Okay. Anybody else watch esports? Uh, so maybe about four. Okay. So how do you watch esports? Um, usually it's on Twitch. So I mean, they could go for like Madden, NBA 2K, uh, FIFA. I mean, it, it branches out to a bunch of other different ones. So, um, I, I think it kind of breaks a lot like, together for a lot of um, different perspectives of what people like. And when they add it to esports, they make it like a competition. Like, Know, makes it makes a population of like, people who like to watch sports even though it's esports. So I saw one projection that esports was going to be the second most watched sport after the NFL here in the United States, and that was supposed to happen last year. So again, generation difference. You know, I growing up, I think I don't know, 1987, 86, I was turning six or seven years old. I got the Nintendo. 
at that time. It was like the greatest gift I'd ever gotten in my life. Um, so I grew up with video games, but in, in played them from time to time, not really as much anymore, you know, now that I'm in my 40s. But even back then, just the thought, I think, of like sitting at home and watching somebody else play video games just seemed really goofy to me. So like live sports, I understand, I can get, but like, why would you watch, I'm not making fun of you guys at all, right? But why, why would you watch eSports? Like what is it, what's captivating about um, it? With eSports specifically, it's like, what, like any other like uh, sporting like event, it's like the skill behind it. Cause like I know, okay. like I mostly like watch fighting game tournaments, um, like specifically Street Fighter and um, Tekken. But like the, some of the like combos and um, that like the like higher end players are able to pull off is like something I would have to like put in like years to do in order to do so like there's like there's um, a really old clip of a Street Fighter three tournament mm -hmm. of um, a player who was like at like no health at all going who's uh, I want to say a Ken player fighting a Chun Li player the Chun Li player activated their uh, super. And they were able to parry every single attack, and then um, take the, like just win the win the match when they were near full health. So like stuff like that. Interesting. So do you think it's because like y you played the same games, but other people are at another level where it's just like, wow. Yeah. I mean, we kind of do that with real, not that esports isn't real sport. Let me check. Let me check myself. Um, we do that with like live in person sports. Yeah. Same thing, right? I like watching baseball because I know I can never hit, you know, um, a hundred mile per hour ball with movement on it, right? But to other, see other people do it, it's like, wow, all right. Um, I, I wonder, so why, again, in your, you know, just in your opinion, why do you think there might be a, that disconnect though, of like people like me who are older with esports and like the younger crowd who would really get into watching it? Like, what is it, you know, you talked about people being able to do stuff that you wish you could do or just at a higher level, mm -hmm. right? Um, but why does it resonate with younger generations as opposed to older generations? I think that has to do with, like, the rise of YouTube and, like, mm. the Let's Play thing. Because I know, at least, like, for me and, like, some of my friends and my cousins, like, we'd watch Let's Plays because we couldn't get the games at the time. And so we'd just, like, live through the let's play because we couldn't play the games ourselves and so like we're, we're more like used to watching people play games so what's the let's play so let's play is essentially like you take take um a game like call of duty they have like a story mode or campaign or whatever you would you, you would watch the uh, youtuber would play the game and like record it and you just watch it essentially people also do that for like multiplayer matches as well Right. And like that started, I want to say that really blew up around 2010, 2012, and then just continued. And then people wanted to see them do it live, and so um, live uh, record recordings of uh, gameplay was made, and they made Twitch, and then that started blowing up with like tournaments and competitive play and stuff like that. Okay. Anybody else have any theories? Yeah. Could it, could it be that it just became more popular because I mean, as something first starts. More, I mean, one of the reasons why people do it in general is because it's worth doing. Mm -hmm. So as it became more popular, just more people started doing it. 
you know, maybe to your point, you can actually make a career out of it now. Yeah. You know, um, there's some um, guys and ladies who are making a lot of money in that esports space, not just here in the United States, but just all over the world, yeah. right? Um, and maybe I wonder the accessibility to it. You know, um, you don't have to be a great athlete to play esports, right? Anybody could sit down, and if you're good enough over time, be able to do it. Um, you know, no matter how much some of us might like train to be great basketball players, you know, we're limited by height, right? Um, so not all of us are going to make it into the NBA, you know. And I'm not looking, I'm just looking at the ceiling, I'm not looking at anybody in particular, right? Uh, but esports kind of a, a, a different animal. Um, anybody else in esports? Yeah. I'd also say the way like game consoles and stuff have evolved, so like from like our generation to like your generation, like you didn't have access to as like many consoles, I would say, different things, like it changed. So like back then there was like the Nintendo 64, GameCube, all those. So like the games you could play were very slim. You didn't have as many options. And now there's so many options. Like if you think of a game that's probably out there, you could play it. So that's where it kind of targets our generation now. And esports is probably more watched by like the younger generation because older generations don't really know these games. Like, I talk to my parents about some of the games that I play, and they're like, what the heck is even that? Like, compared to their games back then. So, like, it's not something that they're just going to sit down and start watching because they don't even know what it is, how it works, stuff like that. I think that plays a factor. Yeah, if we sat down right now and we played Madden, yeah, I have no idea, right? Like, I again, had the Nintendo A, B button, diagonal. Like, if you give me 20 different buttons to start playing, you're going to destroy me. But if we play Tecmo Super Bowl right now on Nintendo, <laughs> I'm destroying everybody. Yeah. Um, so let me switch gears and, and talk about something else. We'll, we'll go on for maybe next another about 13 minutes or so. Um, I do want to talk about sports media because we were talking about broadcasting this week in class. Um, does anybody here, do you listen to a lot of sports talk, watch ESPN? Uh, I don't know if there's first take, but like pardon the interruption, things like that. Like, who do you like to listen to? Who are the influ influential voices for, for Gen Z for sports media? I guess so, I'll start off with that. Sure. Um, I guess I wouldn't say he's one of my favorite. It's just the outlandish takes that Stephen A. Smith puts out nowadays. It's okay. just insane. Um, I mean, one day he will be against everything and everything of LeBron James, you know, Kawhi Leonard, some of the best players in the league, and the next day, you know, they're not worth anything. You know, they're the worst players ever stepped on the court, stuff like that. So, like, a lot of those takes get a lot of people's attention when he just throws out a different take every single day. So do you think he, he's genuine in what he's saying, or is – Maybe there's a little bit of showmanship to get some viewers. I think every now and then it can be genuine. Because sometimes he does have good takes. Okay. And sometimes it's just like, how is this dude even in this profession? You know, he shouldn't be saying this, that kind of stuff. But I think for most of the time it's genuine. But, again, he's got to make his money, and he knows he can do that. Um, with a lot of viewership and stuff like that, if he's saying something like, you know, LeBron shouldn't be playing basketball, he should be on tennis court because he's too soft and all this and that, and, you know. Stuff like that. Out of all the takes, that's one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Which, Stephen A. Smith, not yours. Right? Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, like, 
well, one, going off the Stephen A. Smith, uh, Skip Bayless also. Yeah. Very hot takes, like, all the time coming at you. But, like, something more I've enjoyed is the former players that are now coming into all these, like Ryan Clark, Jeff Saturday, uh, Sam Macho. They're all, like, they give you the perspective of what it was like to be on the field playing and, like, what how, like, that resonates with them and, like, they're seeing all these players do all this stuff. And, like, we understand that because we were out there. Whereas you take Stephen A. Smith, who, I mean, I don't really know if he was that great of an athlete, but he's saying all this stuff, too, whereas these dudes played the professional sports. Like, they know what it took, the, like, training they had to go through. So it's good to see those perspectives as well. Yeah, and I, and I can't say I'm going to represent all of, of Gen X here on, on this podcast, but I, I, I tend to agree with you. Like, I want to listen to – and, again, this is my background as a, as a coach and quasi-okay athlete. Um, I want to hear guys who are in the locker room and, and ladies who are in the locker room who've coached, who've been on the field, um, who aren't just kind of guessing at what's going on in a locker room or a team dynamic, but actually, like, have lived it. Right. Um, so I like that point. Anybody else? Any other broadcaster? Yeah. I'll listen, I'll listen to like some podcasts. So like for like IU basketball and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'll listen to like sometimes I'll listen to I don't know if you know this assembly call. Mm-hmm. I'll listen to Dan Dockage sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Depending on how he's feeling, I guess about the situation. Uh, sometimes I'll listen to um, Tyson Tate, CBS Sports, because they all all yep. talk about is college basketball. So it's mostly like. Either I'm watching ESPN or like I'm listening to podcasts. So. Okay, cool. Uh, well, you know, kind of along those lines, when you guys are, are walking to class or you're out and about, you know, everybody's got headphones in and you're listening to something. Um, are we listening? How many of you listen to podcasts? Okay, wow, a lot more than what I thought. Maybe just two or three who don't. Um, what are the popular sports podcasts that you guys are listening to if you listen to any you talked about um let's see tyson tate um you said dan dockage and there was another one you said assembly call. assembly call okay anybody else pat yeah. mcafee show pat mcafee oh, show yeah, good one. yeah that's a fun one everybody loves that guy that's a fun one uh barstool anything barstool sports Barst- all kinds of shows right so um I want to go down that. I want to go down that lane here for a second. Like bar stools, just taken off, right? It's like a hockey mm-hmm. stick, just boom up and to the right. You know, it just they just kind of um, went crazy. Um, again, if I'm kind of listening to that, and, and I know who Dave Portnoy is, and I kind of follow some of them on the periphery, um, I, I appreciate what they do, and I and I, I do think they're funny, and they've found a niche. Um, it's a little bit too for me, you know, a little bit too. Mo- it's kind of like the bro humor, right? You know, kind of if I was 20 years younger living in a fraternity like you guys, I'd appreciate it. Um, maybe not now, but I appreciate what they've built and what they've done in the audience. And I really, really like what he did with the, um, during the pandemic, helping out small businesses and raising, he ran like hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, you know, I'll, I'll start here with you, Logan, but anybody can answer. Um, what is it about Barstool that really kind of captures your guys' attention? I think they just do a really good job of like targeting like college age kids, like from things that they talk about in sports and everything else, but then like traveling around to I guess like bars and different college campuses and stuff like that. Okay. Cool. They cater to the younger audience. Like the college age audience, that's who they cater to. Can and again, I'll direct it at you, Matt. Gotcha. 
and then but anybody could answer can you give an example of something they've done where they cater to the college age student you said like they go to bars yeah. right yeah. well they have like different pages on instagram for the different colleges like there's an illinois page iu different like d1 schools they go to they'll rate the bars there's a bunch of different podcasts about it Okay. I could stay on top of that. I mean, like this past week, they went to uh, Toledo versus Bowling Green for their game of the week, and I was at the game, and you got to see them ten feet away from you, and they have a whole like ESPN College Game Day broadcast they're doing for small Mac schools because it's just Mac action. It's really cool that they do kind of that stuff. Get those small schools involved on it because they're never going to see a College Game Day. I mean, rarely will they ever see a College Game Day. So. And so along those lines, um, I saw on social media, so during the pandemic, um, so Barstool Big Cat, right, Dan Cat, um, <laughs> he starts playing, was it NCAA 14? Yes. Right? And he starts off as Toledo and then ends up like winning a national championship with Toledo and then he goes to Tennessee and they do a whole big feature on that. I did see that. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, I saw at that game, did he got, he got the key to the city of Toledo? Yes. I'm pretty sure the mayor, the mayor, the mayor yeah. handed it to him. So I, just let that sink in for a minute. Okay. I, before we started the, the podcast, I said, you know, you have so many advantages that you guys can do now that are free and at your fingertips. You know, here's some guys that just started getting the social media pages, doing some stuff on Facebook, starting some podcasts, and there's some money involved in that, but I mean, they could do it just like we're set up here with a mic and a laptop. And now all of a sudden, you know, he's getting a key to the city because he won a fictional college football championship in a game that is now eight years old. Like, think about that just for a second. And now these guys are millionaires, like multimillionaires. So, um, you know, I'm not saying, please don't drop out of trying and try to re re uh, replicate what they're doing. Um, but, you know, if, if you can find a niche, so we talked about college students, um, if you're funny, you know, you're entertaining, and you have some background on sport, you'd be surprised at what might happen. So um, kudos to the guy at Barstool. Uh, Bryce, did you have something? Um, it was uh, just the fact that like, Barstool itself, like, going a little away from sports, like they target a lot of different topics, but for the same age group. And I feel like that also brings in a lot for them, for like, social media-wise, and like, everyone knows about Barstool. So do you think it goes further than sport? Like they actually like dip into the culture as well? Okay. Um, so maybe we'll, we'll end on, on that. I might have one more question, but like culturally with Gen Z, what are some of the other things that you're listening to that actually like bring you to actually click on, on a, a song, podcast, social media, anything else out there? It doesn't necessarily have to be sport. I feel like big part for us is like the humor aspect of humor we're like our I feel like our humor very is like very different from like our parents whereas like when you think about barstool they're like really funny they're cussing all the time our parents are kind of like oh that's kind of repulsive like we don't want to listen to that whereas we're all like into it and it's hilarious to us like we just see that part of it and like yeah that that's what we want okay uh I'll, I'll let you in on a secret. Your parents like that humor, too. <laughs> Maybe just not more around. As a professor, I'm just not allowed to admit that, but I guess I just did um, on the podcast. All right. Um, 
so last thing before we go, we're going to go around the horn again, and um, I'll start to my right. So Zach, we're going to start, and we'll go around this way. I'm going to ask you guys to give a, uh, a prediction. We'll go with the NFL. We'll go with the Super Bowl. Right? So I think this NFL, and I'm going to stall a little bit for you to think. Um, this NFL season's been nuts. Like, underdogs are winning all over the place. Um, the Jets are good. The Giants are good. Dogs and cats living together, right? It's just kind of been a really weird season. So if you had, you know, to put 50 cents down on a, on a Super Bowl winner today, who do you think is going to win? Um, I'll, I'll start, again, just to kind of stall for you. Um, I think the, the Chiefs will be there at the end. I did think it was the Bills. They're kind of scuffling right now. But I don't know. The Chiefs have been there. I, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I'm also going to go with the Chiefs. My family is from Kansas City, so I think they would kill me if I didn't choose the Chiefs. So, <laughs> so family pressure. Yeah, family okay. pressure for sure. All right. And yeah, I think the Chiefs too. All right. So Chief? Chiefs? Okay. Or Giants. Giants. <laughs> You're trying to get a big return on that 50 cents. Yeah. Mostly probably the Vikings. Vikings? Maybe. I mean, go on the road and, and beat uh, the Bills. I think I'm going to go with the biggest return because the Browns are not out of the playoff. So, my Cleveland Browns will make the playoffs and surprise everyone. I should be professional and not laugh. Okay, that's the Browns. Well, you get to, you get your quarterback back yeah, exactly. here pretty soon, so you never know. Yep. Um, we'll go Maddie, then we'll come around. Chiefs. The Chiefs? Okay. I'm going to go with the Vikings, but as Vikings? a Colts fan, I want to see them win out and maybe make the playoffs. <laughs> Jeff Saturday. Hey, Jeff Saturday's got something going. He's got, got one win under his belt. Yeah. As of this podcast, Jeff Saturday is 1-0. and I mean, he he's is. got the highest winning percentage of any head coach in the history of the NFL as of this podcast. So far, he's making the change. Yeah. All right, Celeste? Family-wise, I'll have to probably go with the Jets, actually. The Jets, really, for your family. Okay. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Chiefs? Give me the Ravens. Ravens? Yep. We think they're going to come on and get it done. Mm -hmm. Playing a little bit better. I'll take the Browns as well. The Browns as well. You got go. Cleveland guys in the house. I think the Eagles. Yeah, you know, nobody said anything about the Eagles, uh, but they're, they've only lost one game. Yeah, they're crazy. And nobody's going to go undefeated. <laughs> so, okay, oh, and that's, so that's got to be hard. Okay, that's, that's probably a good prediction. Giants? Oh, that's right. Yep, okay. Chiefs. Chiefs? All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for, um, for doing the podcast today. Um, if you check on the Center for Sports Studies, you search that, you'll see this podcast here. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We are on a break until the spring semester, but be sure to check out our social media pages for our next guest in January. As always, we'd like to say a special thank you to producer Josh Hornbacher for his work behind the scenes. This is the Center for Sports Studies podcast, broadcasting from the Trine Broadcasting Network. If you like this episode, please be sure to subscribe to the Center for Sports Studies podcast on your favorite podcasting platform and give us a five-star rating if you like what you heard. For more information about the Center for Sports Studies, please visit trine.edu. Also be sure to like the Trine Center for Sports Studies on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TrineCSS. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.